Thank you for tuning into the Debbie Devotional Podcast, a monthly show focusing on Debbie prospects, strategies, and incoming rookies. Now here's your host. Welcome back to the Debbie Devotional Podcast, part of the Monocle Dynasty Podcast series. And I'm Aaron Wilcox. As always, you can find me on Twitter at AaronWilcox86. Make sure to also give my typical co-hosts, John at Dynasty Coach A and Alex Duchesne's at Duchesne's underscore a follow. They will not be joining me today, but I'm bringing you listeners more of the solo podcast series. So today I'm going to be breaking down the 2023 class Go back and listen to the 2022 class episode if you like, and definitely check out those players. A couple of things have changed since then. I've updated my rankings some, but it's helpful to get an idea of that class overall. But really with this podcast series, I wanted to help continue providing comprehensive and deep breakdowns of the class so everyone can benefit from dynasty owners, uh, Debbie managers, Campus to Ken folks, just any fantasy players out there who want to take a look into these future classes. And I wanted to provide a lot of um, players as far as guys I'm breaking down because you hear hear and see a lot of um, folks out there putting out podcasts of the top 10, maybe from a class, but I wanted to go deeper than that, really um, give you guys a comprehensive look. So um, I'm presenting the players today in approximate order of my tiered talent ranks. So more Debbie oriented compared to Campus to Canton, but don't get too caught up in that, um, especially since I'm doing tiered rankings. So if the ranks are a little bit different than what you have, well, that's, that's how that goes. That's why I try to do it with tiers. And also I will bring up some Campus to Canton relevant um, topics as well in, in this podcast when I'm breaking down these players. So this 2023 running back class is one that's already getting a lot of deserved buzz i mean it's mostly because of that top talent there but there's a lot of depth to it there's about 12 guys that i really like right now i think that you know not all 12 of those guys are going to pan out maybe there's only going to be five or six but still a lot of guys that have have that top end talent and there's plenty of depth past that so there's plenty of running backs who could rise in this class and while there's just a big three at the moment i wouldn't be surprised like i said to see five to seven of them drafted on day one or two in the NFL draft. So it's pretty exciting. The 2022 class is it's been hated on probably too much, but that's because the 2023 class is this legit group of running backs. So it all starts with the lead guy here, the guy I believe is the most talented back since Saquon Barkley, and that's B. John Robinson out of Texas. So this guy has Feature back size, he's 6'1", 228, so that's big, he's a big time boy. Best recruit in the 2023 class, and just extremely studly high school production, and you can just tell Ben he's really special. And he proved that, he, he came in right away, he beat out Keontae Ingram as a true freshman, he, he produced 703 rushing yards, only 86 carries, and he got involved in the receiving game too, so 15 receptions. And he did that in an efficient manner, like 13.1 yards per reception as a true freshman. Yeah, sign me up for that. That's, that's impressive. And he flashed a bunch of skills on tape, like his contact balance, his power, breakaway speed was there too, which we love to see. And his vision was solid. I mean, he can continue to improve that, but it's not like he has a huge deficit or flaw there. So really, he's a complete back, and I'm, I'm not going to beat a dead horse here. We're going to leave Bijan Robinson at bat. 
he is just a stud. So after that, I, I have a tear break. Most people in this industry do as well. And they, they jump down to the next couple of guys. And these are the popular ones to have at two and three. And that would be Jameer Gibbs out of Georgia Tech and Tank Bigsby out of Auburn. So Jameer Gibbs out of Georgia Tech is 5'11", 200 pounds. And he's a very talented four-star recruit. So he's number eight back in the entire recruiting class. And then as a true freshman, he went out there and he put up 24 receptions. So a 15% market share at 12.6 yards per reception. So pretty solid there. And then he also rushed for 460 yards as a true freshman. So, I mean, those are all impressive for sure. And then you look at how he plays. He displays great contact balance and nuance. Um, he's able to make nice cuts out there and then he can string together um, bunch of broken tackles and he has multiple ways of doing that so I like runners who are somewhat versatile with their elusiveness so he's a good receiving threat who not only can he catch the dump off passes the short passes but he can actually run routes out there which is nice and he's also a return threat as well not that an NFL team would necessarily see him as a returner but he at least has versatility there he does lack that top end speed that you want to see, but I mean, he has great burst and acceleration, so I'm not too concerned. I, I could see him running in the four fives, absolutely. And then as far as, yes, he's not on the best team out there. The QB play probably is going to improve there, but it could potentially hold him back as far as his raw stats. But we like to look at, you know, market share, dominator, things such as that, and not only raw stats. So. As far as what he puts on the film, I mean, I have some really lofty comps. In some ways, he reminds me of Kamara. In some ways, he reminds me of Chubb. I don't think he has the athleticism of Chubb, and obviously, he's not going to be as proven as Kamara. But, I mean, Kamara wasn't a, a sure bet by any means in college either. So just a couple of stylistic comps, that's all. But the next guy in the same tier is Tank Bigsby out of Auburn. I do like a lot of the things about Tank Bigsby. Like he's this big six foot, 210 plus pound back. He's the number four recruit in the entire class. And he really dominated as a, as a true freshman. So 834 yards rushing. So he still had a 20% dominator, same as Gibbs is actually. So that's why we want to look at market share instead of raw stats. And his receiving game production was not as impressive in comparison but some of that was scheme last year. So he had 11 receptions and he only averaged 7.6 yards per reception. So not great efficiency out of Tank Bigsby. However, his college tape shows that as far as like being an every down back, he has the size, he has the power. And then also he has a little bit of a wiggle to him as far as some quickness. He can change directions subtly. I don't find him extremely elusive, but he's enough where he can definitely translate to the NFL and make, make a guy miss. So there's a couple of things that I want to see out of him. Some issues that I have right now with his game. I want to see more of that home run ability. He has okay speed. He ran a 4.66 40 times in high school. I'm not too impressed by that. I'm not too impressed by his freshman tape speed either. Though his high school tape, he looked very fast. So... I like his acceleration and burst. I just want to see more of that top end speed. So that's somewhat similar to Jameer Gibbs. But also, I want to see that receiving ability. I want to see some ability 
for him to get out there and maybe run some routes, at least be more involved in that phase of the game. So Tank Bigsby could definitely improve there. And it might happen with the change in the coaching staff. And then I also worry about he's always craving contact. He's trying to bully guys. And that's tough. I mean, kind of like a Darius Geis where he's trying to go after defenders and try to just completely cream them. And I don't know that I love that. I'm not going to avoid him solely for that reason. However, that is something that I'm considering with him. So I don't have one great comp for him right now, but know that he's talented. He definitely could be vying for that RB2 in the class, RB3 range. But when I look at Gibbs and Tank Bigsby, it's a lot to like. But then we got to get to some guys past them because honestly, past those two guys, there's, there's guys who could pass them up in my opinion. I don't think that they're locks to be the two and three once we finally get to the 2023 class. So the next guy that we have, I have him in a tier all by himself actually, is Zach Evans out of TCU. So Zach Evans is this very, very talented five-star recruit. So he was the number two back in the class, but rankings wise, he was only one spot overall in the entire class behind our Bijan Robinson, who we just talked about at the very top of this class. So you know that Zach Evans was supremely talented. He was a, a top 20 recruit in the entire class across every position. And he was athletic in high school, four, five, one, 40 time, and he showed great burst and an ability just to rip off chunk plays repeatedly on his high school tape. And as far as size wise, and he's 5'11, 195. He looks bigger than that, but you know, I I definitely think that he is around that 200-ish pound mark. So he has a ways to go as far as bulking up, but I don't have any issues um, or any concerns for his ability to fill out that frame. And then as far as his feet were really, really good on his high school tape, and they he showed some promise there, I guess I would say as a true freshman. And that sets him apart from a back that we'll talk about later, like a chip tray in him type of player. Um, because he does have ability to change directions really well, and he's he's pretty agile. As far as I'm going to keep referencing his high school tape because his freshman year tape didn't exactly match up with that, and I think some of that's the size thing. He was used to bullying kids in high school, and then he got to college, and he's only maybe 200 pounds tops. So, you know, he had tacklers that would bounce off him in high school because he was just so athletic and and played with a bunch of pop and he was able to stay up through contact really well in high school and then I just want to see that more at the college level he showed flashes of that and he showed elusiveness like he avoided 14 tackles on his 62 touches this year so that's pretty good that stacks up well in this class and he didn't get a lot of run as a true freshman so I I suppose some people get concerned about that a high-end recruit not getting a lot of run but I mean there was COVID concerns And I think he actually had COVID. Um, But then he started to take on more and more work down the stretch of the season, get acclimated, and he really showed uh, some flashes, that's for sure. He showed that receiving ability that we want to see. And honestly, he was used on some higher difficulty routes. I mean, not just screens, not just underneath dump off passes, but swing passes, um, a couple passes down the field. And they're going to start completing more and more of those as he gets more opportunities. So The big thing that a lot of people got scared off with um, regarding Zach Evans is kind of the off the field issues. 
he's a guy who does have some attitude concerns potentially he got sent home early from the state championship game apparently um his recruiting process was strange flipping between schools but ultimately we want these guys with the supreme talent and he has all of the skills that you that you want out of a three down um, workhorse back so assuming that he can bulk up just put on another five to ten pounds which is very doable I could see him being a very talented back, like a Cam Akers type of back. At one point, I thought maybe Todd Gurley, but based on his up and down freshman tape, I'm not so sure about that. But I've, I've heard from some in the community that, oh, his freshman year was really bad, and I just don't see it. I know Brandon Lejeune just recently put out, um, I think, every touch that he had this season. And while I do think that he has to improve consistency-wise, he flashed a lot of things um, that were impressive to me. Some burst, some receiving versatility, as I mentioned. So that's enough on Evans, but I think he's a guy who could buy for that RB2 spot in this class, but he's just less proven than Gibbs and Banks Bigsby, who had very nice freshman years. So the next guy in the next tier, I'll just list off the couple guys I have here, is Chase McClellan out of Alabama. Then I have Kendall Milton, Georgia, and then Marshawn Lloyd, South Carolina. So I'll start with Jason McClellan here, the Alabama back. So he's 5'11", 212 pounds, and he was the number six running back in the class coming out. So high-end recruits, big physical guy, as you can imagine, he fits that Bama mold. And he really got some opportunity in garbage time this year, but not much else because Najee was just dominating in that backfield. But really, McClellan can make a guy miss. So you wouldn't think big-ish back would um, be able to be elusive, but he does it in a variety of ways. Yes, he has a physicality to just throw off defenders, but, and then run through defenders, but he also has a little bit of that change of direction and agility that I really think separates him from like a Scarborough or, or any of the previous big backs. It separates him from a Brian Robinson, who's potentially going to start there this year, but I'm not afraid of Brian Robinson. I know he's supposed to be the starter, but Jason McClellan, talent-wise, I believe is the best in that backfield journey. Or sorry, um, I will say that there's other talented guys there. So there's Trey Sanders, and he's got a vie with him. And then there's Roydell Williams. So there's competition by very capable backs. But I do think that McClellan possesses a lot of the things that we want to see out of our workhorse backs. And really... I mean, he needs to just show at least decent receiving ability. And he really didn't do a lot of that in high school. So he just needs to show a little bit there for me to really love him. So he's not a guy who's a huge creator, but at least he's smooth and athletic. So I think that sets him apart from a lot of players, like even a Kendall Milton, who I have directly behind Jason McClellan. Kendall Milton's just not as uh, bursty, I would say compared to McClellan. So that's why I have McClellan slightly ahead. So mentioning um, Kendall Milton, Milton is a Georgia back. So he's a 6'1", 220 pound, good recruit. And he did get a little bit of work this year, but not as much as, as people kind of want to think. They think that Kendall Milton's going to be the obvious guy to take over. But there were other backs that all had more carries than a Macintosh, Cook, Deja. Dewan Edwards, I think that's actually how you correctly pronounce his name. All of them had more carries than him last year. So Kendall Milton is a guy who, talent-wise, he's very tantalizing. 
and he has solid vision and decent patience for a big guy. And then he can miss, make a guy miss through power. And that's, that's kind of his bread and butter there. And I think he runs slightly high, but he's just so big and powerful that that hasn't caught up to him yet. I want to see, yes, if he's functional, is he fluid as a receiver, just as a back in general too. And I just want to see his speed. So high school, I've seen reported 40 times between four, five, nine to four, seven, six speed. So he's not going to be running away from anybody in the pros with that kind of speed. So I do want to see improvements there. And it's very possible that he could, um, but we'll see with that. I might be lower on him than some, but don't let that sway, don't let that sway you away from investing in him. I mean, he is most likely the most talented guy after Zamir White. So you're not looking at great opportunity for production here in 2021, but 2022, he could be the 1A back there and definitely a guy you need to consider. So he's in the same tier as Jason McClellan, who I just mentioned, and then also Marshawn Lloyd. So Lloyd is the South Carolina back, very good four-star recruit. So the number five guy in the class comes in at 5'9", 211 pounds. And really the, the reason you haven't heard more about Marshawn Lloyd is just due to the fact that he tore his left ACL. He missed the entire season because of that. So he's coming in and Kevin Harris is there. Kevin Harris is a talented, well, debatably a talented running back who performed really well for South Carolina last year. So Marshawn Lloyd does have that competition right away. Marshawn Lloyd is back to essentially full health. He's been, he's put out videos of him running, making cuts, and I believe he was involved in some of the spring practices, all of that. And as a player, I mean, he's powerful. He runs low and he's just difficult to bring down. He can break tackles with ease and, and he can choose to break tackles via finesse, via power. No, he's not a burner, but he's still in that five, four or five uh, range 40 wise. So that's, that's huge. So I think that, yes, Lloyd probably takes on a secondary role this year. Sorry, that's my puppy. <laughs> but I actually think that, yeah, Lloyd is going to be the compliment this season. And I think 2022 should be his year. He needs just maybe one year to prove himself because he's that talented as the full-time back. And I think Lloyd, I mean, he has the talent to be a full-time starter and to be a decent NFL prospect, that's for sure. He's been comped to Frank Gore on 24-7. And I actually see some like NFL versions of Leonard Fournette in him, but I mean, I could see the Gore comp as well. So ultimately, yes, he's in this little bit lower tier, but I could see him rising up. As I mentioned earlier, there's room for guys to, to vie for that number two, number three spot in this class. So after the tier of McClellan, Milton, and Lloyd, there's kind of a drop off for me where I still identify the next group of guys as being very talented, but they're either less proven. Well, that's the big thing that they're less proven, but maybe they don't quite have the size that we want, things like that as well. So the first guy that I have here, and this may be a bit controversial, but it's Devin Achain. And the reason I have Devin Achain from Texas A&M there is not because he's going to be some wildly productive back, but it's because it's what the NFL wants. The NFL wants guys who, first of all, are very athletic and he fits the bill there. He's a sprinter and he's one of the best sprinters in the whole nation. Like he's truly elite in the 200 meter dash. And I mean, his home run speed is evident on the field too. 
He's not just a straight line guy. I mean, the guy is a good football player on top of being insanely fast. And he was 185 pounds coming into college. He's only five foot nine. So, I mean, he's kind of thickly built still. And he actually looks like he's in the 190s, but that's just not what he's listed at um, from his freshman season. So he has a lot of competition in the backfield. I don't anticipate him taking over by any means because I, I definitely see Isaiah Spiller getting a large workload and Isaiah Smith as kind of a gadgety type of weapon they have. And they have a very talented incoming freshman in LJ Johnson. So with all that competition, you're probably wondering, well, why am I touting this Devin Chain guy? He's not even 200 pounds. But the Debbie Watch has put out some research um, that just shows that backs can easily gain 15 pounds. In fact, that's the average for that. So, I mean, for these backs coming into college at 185 or up, I'm not overly concerned unless you're going into their uh, junior or senior season and they still haven't put on anything or the teams, yeah, the teams indicate that they haven't gained anything. So we shall see. He's a little bit more volatile. That's why he's this low down. But I love his talent. I think he'll be a very good pass catcher as well. But where he makes his money is just burst. He's going to rip off huge chunk plays um, at the NFL level, assuming that he makes it there. And he's, you know, as I said, functional in the passing game. And you just see it over and over in this tape where he is ripping off huge plays. And he shows that home run speed and acceleration like Travis Etienne did. Travis Etienne got on everybody's board with that, that run early in his career where he's going down the sideline and he puts, he gets into another gear and he's gone. And the chain did that as well. And every time like I was watching a game against Auburn just recently with a chain and I mean, he just looks so much more bursty than Isaiah Spiller. And it makes sense. Devin, a chain is probably 30 pounds lighter, but this guy is going to be electric. He's not a Kenneth Gainwell because Kenneth Gainwell was not electric speed-wise. He was a very good pass catcher, but there's a big, big difference, that's for sure. NFL values athleticism um, way more than it does just pure pass catching for whatever reason. So I have a chain high in this tier, but I could definitely see um, people having him a bit lower. So the next guy I have is also another speedster in Demarcus Bowman out of, well, he transferred from Clemson to Florida. We didn't get to see him at Clemson. We thought he was going to be the next ETN-like guy. He was a five-star recruit. He's a top 20 overall player in the class. In high school, he, he ran a 4.47, but he seemed faster than that. The great 100-yard um, track athlete. And really, he's probably the most talented guy at Florida. I just don't know if Florida's going to use him. That's the issue. So he's not a terribly elusive guy, but he can make a guy miss. So... That's why I still have him this high is, is just that athletic ability that's going to be appealing to NFL teams. And I could see him becoming um, a lead back. I don't know if a workhorse is necessarily going to be his role at the next level, but if he's 190 pounds now, you'd think that he'd be able to get up above 200 pounds. So with that athleticism, I mean, SEC guy, definitely intriguing. So I like Demarcus Bowman for sure, but we haven't seen it yet. He's an unknown, unproven, like some of the guys in this tier. One guy in this tier who has proven some things is DeMonte Tripp Tranum of Arizona State. And he's a guy that has a, a 
big frame to him. He's 5'11", 220, but probably more like 230 pounds. And he really flashed as a freshman. Now, I mean, only two good games in his career. I believe he played four games and he had two good ones. So that's not much to go off of. And his per game production, when you average it out, was good. His dominator rating was solid. But I saw some lapses as far as his processing at the line of scrimmage. Um, that was brought to my attention by the Devi deep dive scouting film review. Um, so that was that was helpful to see. And his processing at that level just is not as special as I'd like to see. And also he's lacking burst. I want a big back like that. Like Fournette came out, and I'm not even saying Fournette's a, a great pro player, but I mean he came out and he was running a fast 40 time. So a 466 in high school and the 40 yard dash. It's not really that impressive for Trinum, but maybe he'll he'll get faster. Maybe he'll be able to train and really work on that. So he lacks some lateral agility, finesse, creativeness, but at the end of the day, he's got the size that you want from a workhorse back. We'll see if he actually starts um, getting involved in the receiving game this year. And there's also some other talented backs there that might prevent him. I think Rashad White is more talented than people want to say. And they also have a guy I'll mention later who was also a um, freshman last year. So the next guy and the final guy in this tier is EJ Smith. And he's another unproven guy. But EJ Smith is Emma Smith's son. And he goes to Stanford University. So EJ Smith really didn't get on the field last year, which was strange he was this number two all-purpose back in the class. He's a um, top 110 player in the class and really workhorse size coming in. I mean, he's 5'11", 200 plus. And he was recruited by all these great schools. Bama was after him. Ohio State wanted him. Um, Texas A&M, Florida, Georgia, Ole Miss, Texas, USC. They all offered him um, to help him play there. And, and he turned him down. He, he went to Stanford. And early returns aren't great. <laughs> Zero um, statistical output, I believe, as a true freshman. However, he has had to contend with a very talented guy in Austin Jones there. And he might still have to contend with that. I mean, Austin Jones isn't going anywhere um, this season. He'll still be around for one season in 2021. And then EJ Smith, hopefully, we got to hope that he'll take over and show why he was such a great recruit. I'm just going to briefly illustrate how impressive he was as a recruit because his receiving game looked like a wide receiver. I've heard other people like on the Debbie debate, I think Austin Nance has, has said that, I mean, he could just convert to wide receiver. He's that good. His hands um, rival like alpha wide receivers. So that's impressive as far as his ability to like high point the ball too and come down with contested catches. It's impressive. But then he also brings contact balance and just overall nice control as a player. So he's not out of control by any means. Maybe he'll only be like a four or five player. He's not a burner, but he's very versatile. We love that from back. So he's got the bloodline. He's got the versatility. He has enough athleticism, I believe, to get his shots, let's say in 2022. So he's a guy who might not rise in value significantly this year, but I mean, assuming Austin Jones goes to the NFL, Next year, might, 2022 might be his year. So then the next year from here, I have Jalen Berger. He's a Wisconsin back. And I know this might be nitpicking a little bit, but I just don't feel comfortable with putting Berger 
with his previous crew of Ache and Bowman, Trainum and Smith. But I also don't want to keep pushing Berger down. So I'll tell you a bit about Berger. I mean, he's six foot, 210 pounds. He was a four-star prospect. So, I mean, he's, he's a legit player, and he has decent size to him. And he had a good start to his, his career with near 20% dominator rating as a true freshman. I think he plays a little bit too upright, kind of a straight line speed running back. He doesn't have a lot of lateral ability. So I think his speed is fine, but, I mean, he was a 4-6 um, in high school, so I don't know for sure. But he seems like he's athletic enough to make it work, and he has the size in a system that churns out good running backs. So like I was talking about Jason McClellan out of Alabama earlier. I was talking about Kendall Milton out of Georgia. And those are schools who churn out good running backs and backs that get noticed by the NFL. And it's going to be the same case for Berger, I would imagine, that people um, in the NFL, the scouts, they're, they're really going to pay attention um, to what Berger does. So then I do have, he's, he's in a tier of his own. So he's kind of after some of those guys I mentioned. And then now we got a big long list of guys and I'm just going to quickly uh, run through a couple of these guys. Well, I'll run through the list and then I'll quickly run through each one. But we have Don Chaney out of Miami. We have Sean Tucker, Syracuse. Roy Dell Williams, Alabama back. Isaiah Jacobs, Maryland. Jaquavius Marks and Dylan Johnson, both out of Mississippi State. Jabari Small, Tennessee. We have Blake Corum, Michigan. Dewan Edwards, another Georgia back. Chris Tyree, Notre Dame. Lawrence Toafili, Frank Gore, Deuce Vaughn, Henry Parrish, Daniel Ngata, Jalen Knighton. And I didn't even list their teams just because I wanted to group them together as these smaller backs who could potentially bulk up and, and make a name for themselves as more of a satellite back, unfortunately. Probably not a feature back. And there's also Trey Bradford and, and Kayvon Lee um, hanging around at the end there. So I will go through all these guys and I will definitely pick up the pace compared to the previous guys. Because there's a little bit less out on these fellas. They're they're not as proven. But let's start with Don Cheney. So he is very was a very good recruit. I mean, he was 11th ranked back in his class, and he has enough size to him. He's 5'10, 210 pounds. And though he seemed shorter than that for some reason. And he produced as a true freshman, 465 all-purpose yards. And that's with Cameron Harris, who had a very hot start to the year. And Cheney. And I, I will give um, Jalen Knighton some credit as well, because he was also involved. But Don Cheney, really, he stepped up and he started eating it to Cameron Harris's touches. And it's reported that Don Cheney ran in the four fours in high school and I don't know if I saw that speed on his film, but he's probably a four five guy. And he runs strong, keeps his feet moving. He has enough lateral ability. He reminds me of Kareem Hunt, if I'm being honest. So I, I'm I think he's promising. I'm optimistic about his outlook. I think he's going to be the most likely guy to be the 1A um, option this year. But if not this year, definitely in 2022. So Don Chaney... Um, is a guy who's he's going underrated, depending who you talk to in the Devi and C2C community. Then after him, I have Sean Tucker of Syracuse. And that's just because he broke out, I mean, near 40% dominator um, as a true freshman. So that was impressive. So Sean Tucker out of Syracuse is 5'10", 202 pounds at the moment. And he certainly seems like he's thicker than that. 
but though he didn't have great efficiency. I mean, some of that's the offense. And honestly, his pass catching wasn't bad. Actually, his pass catching was efficient at 14 yards per reception. That was good. We need to see more from him, especially if I feel comfortable moving him up because he's not really elite anywhere. He doesn't have a lot of elite traits or maybe any, but he's a solid build. He's a reliable back with enough burst, decent enough vision, and maybe he'll be like a J-Rob type of guy. Maybe he'll actually get draft capital though, but that's kind of where I see him ultimately. So um, I like him. I don't know how much higher he can get. So he's a bit of a floor play here, but I still still like him a decent amount. And I will go on to Roydell Williams, or Roydell Williams, yes. So Alabama back. And I, I like the sounds out of camp with Roydell Williams. So I think it's promising that he's been running with the ones, but we have to also consider that Trey Sanders has not been healthy. We have to consider that Jason McClellan probably is the superior talent. And that's, I mean, as much as we might not want to um, hype up Brian Robinson, Brian Robinson probably is the starter there. At least he'll take, you know, maybe the first drive and then these younger guys will get in after that. So I, I don't know. A lot of people don't like Roydell. And I'm kind of lukewarm on the guy because he is physical. He has enough athleticism to make it work. And honestly, he has good vision. I think he's going to fill out a nice role in this offense if he gets that opportunity. The thing is that he's 5'10", 210 pounds, and he was a good recruit. That's the thing. People want to get excited about Jace McClellan. There's just something sexy about McClellan's profile. But Roydell Williams also has a good profile as well. He's top 10 recruit in the class, top 100 player in the entire um, class amongst all the, all the athletes. But he really didn't get a lot of run as, as a freshman, and neither did McClellan. Um, but he does, going off of his high school tape, he does have enough functional speed, enough power, enough vision to his game, where I think he could be functional as a starter. And you just don't know, excuse me, if some of these Alabama backs are just going to break out. I could see it from Roydell. So keep an eye on him. And then the next guy here, it's been not talked about enough, I don't think, Isaiah Jacobs, Maryland. So Josh Jacobs' brother, and he's big like Josh Jacobs. He's 5'11", 220 pounds, and he's a pretty um, decent recruit for sure, top 35 ranked back in the class. He really got his toes wet in 2020, but he's going to have a better role in 2021 based on reports. And traits-wise, I mean, he, he displays a lot of the things that Josh Jacobs did, and that's a good thing in a lot of ways, in my opinion. I'm a Josh Jacobs guy. I don't like how they've utilized him but I think we need to parse out the two. And Isaiah Jacobs has the, the pop, he has the power, but he, he mixes in the agility and so on enough speed and then a great grasp on the receiving game, um, underrated in that way. And I'm not particularly scared of the competition. He's got big old Petty Boone, who's 245 pounds and he's a 4'8 guy. Like I'm not worried about Petty Boone or Fleet Davis. I think Josh Jacobs, <laughs> Isaiah Jacobs is going to step up this year. So I like him as a sleeper in this class. Write that name down. Unless you're in a league with me, then please don't. <laughs> Next couple of guys will lump together because it's Joquavius Marks and Dylan Johnson, both out of Mississippi State. I like both these guys. Dylan Johnson's actually bulked up pretty well. Like he's 215 pounds now. 
So as far as the edge, I give the edge to Dylan Johnson size-wise, workhorse size-wise. However, we know that Mississippi State loves to pass the ball. And Jaquavius, or Woody, they call him, Woody Marks, he had a few more receptions as a freshman. He had 60, actually. And Dylan Johnson only had 36, I believe. But neither one of them were amazing with these touches. And that's not a huge disparity between the two. The Marks did end the season kind of hot. And I like the burst I saw from him. So we'll see if he continues to improve. And if he bulks up, maybe I'll be more optimistic about Marks. Right now, Dylan Johnson, I don't know, he's kind of catching my eye. And my friend, Drew Christensen, who I'm co-owning a um, C2C roster with, co-managing. And he kind of talked me into Dylan Johnson. And I like it. I like it because Johnson, he's 215 pounds and... Really, I mean, he runs with pretty good agility and decent burst. He's got that feature back size. I, I think he's going to be a good receiver for them too. So um, keep an eye on those guys, and I'd probably just take the cheaper one in drafts. And then the next guy, Jabari Small. I'm not going to go into depth about him, but Tennessee guy. I mean, he's six foot, 200 plus pounds, and he was an all-purpose back coming into college. And he, he did a little bit as a freshman, and top competitions all gone there. Chandler and Gray both transferred out. New regime there, new coaching staff. And it sounds like he's going to be the 1A back right away. Decent enough vision. I can't really talk in-depth because I haven't watched him as in-depth as I'd like. But he's going to be a starter at SEC school like Tennessee. I mean, we got to pay attention. So Small is potentially a guy that um, is going under radars as well. He could be a big riser in this class. So keep an eye on Jabari Small out of Tennessee. And then Blake Coram's another guy I have in this tier, Michigan guy. And though he was a really good recruit and he has good size to him, so 580s, 200 pounds. I'm just a little bit concerned about the competition there. He has to beat out Haskins, where I don't know, they, they like this Haskins kid. And then also a very talented recruit, Donovan Edwards, is coming into Michigan and looking good. So Corum is talented and is, I mean, I got to give him some credit. And I think as a receiver, he is very talented as well. He did okay um, with a little bit of production as a true freshman, but not much. So movement skills wise, footwork wise, juke wise, he's really, he's really solid. I do like his film. I'm just slightly worried about how many opportunities he's going to have at Michigan not a good offense in the first place unless something changes. So I don't know, but I do think like what he puts on film reminds me of like an Eckler or Devonta Freeman type of hybrid. So that's nice for sure. Dewan Edwards is the next guy here and it's a Georgia back and he's going under the radar. I don't really understand it, but I kind of do at the same time because Kendall Milton is, he's an absolute man. I mean, if these guys are standing next to each other, it's, it's no contest that, yes, Milton seems more impressive. And Milton was the better recruit. So DeWan Edwards, however, is very, very solid in almost every aspect of his game. I won't break down every aspect just because it's almost nothing that he's bad at. I don't think he's very fast. It's probably between a 4.5 and a 4.6 or so. But, I mean, he made a splash as a freshman at Georgia. And, I mean, he had more carries – more, uh, might have been more carries and yards than Kendall Milton as, as a freshman. But 
Juan Edwards, I mean, he runs really tough and angry, but he's also versatile enough as a receiver. If you go back to his high school film, like he was catching all sorts of passes. So that is impressive for sure. Chris Tyree of Notre Dame is next, and he kind of starts this run of smaller backs that I have towards the bottom of this big tier. And Chris Tyree could be a riser depending on, you know, how much he's able to bulk up. But man, 5'9", 179 as a true freshman, that's, that's pretty small. Um, and that's what he's listed on currently on ESPN, other sites. So kind of concerned about that size, but it's fast. He was, like I said, number one, all purpose back in this class. So he's got talent and he's got nice speed. I, I saw four, four, two, 40 yard dash. Yes, I, I said four, two. Um, according to, I think it was ESPN, but I saw slower elsewhere. So I, I'm not sure exactly, but he's got some burners and he, he's shifty, but I also don't think that he plays as fast as maybe he tests. So I have some concerns with him, but I know someone like Kane, um, Debbie Kane, who is, um, well-known in the Debbie industry really likes Chris Tyree. So keep him on your radars. Another smaller guy is Lawrence Tofili. Though Tofili, he's six foot, so six foot 180. He's actually listed at 185 right now. So just like I gave credit to Chain, got to give credit to Tofili as well that he could bulk up. I mean, it seems like he came in at 180, so he's got to put on 20 pounds from freshman to maybe junior or senior year. A lot, but I think he can do it with that six foot um, height. So he definitely fill out that frame. And he was a good recruit too. He was a four star. And he could rise to starter status in 2021. And most likely he takes over as full-time back in 2022. Um, even if he doesn't have the 1A job this year, he probably will step up even more so the year after. So he flashes a freshman, ripping off chunk plays. I mean, 9.6 yards per attempt and 10 yards per reception. Like he was, he was showing off good um chunk playability he doesn't have the greatest like top end speed necessarily but he also makes some really nice jukes and cuts and he's got some passing game ability so i i am intrigued for sure but there's competition in that backfield and it's just not clear who's going to lead it so toafili is probably my favorite but i don't have a strong feel for that backfield next is frank gore jr of southern miss so You'd think that Frank Gore's son might have found a, a better school just on name recognition alone, but this wasn't that high of a recruit. Maybe it has to do with the size. So Frank Gore Jr. is 5'8", 170 pounds. So ugh, that's, that's tough to make it work at 170. Even if you think that he can bulk up over 20 pounds, he's still in the 190s. That's tough to make it work. So in Debbie Leagues, I'm like, eh. C to C, he'll probably be productive. So definitely draft him in those formats um, where college production factors in. But he really did well as a true freshman and he had the eighth most broken tackles per attempt, apparently um, 40 avoided tackles in total. He racked up 700 rushing yards and nearly hundred receiving yards. So he had production, he's athletic enough. He's fluid as a runner for sure. I just wish he was bigger. So. That's the issue there. And same goes with Dubes Vaughn out of Kansas State. He was even more productive. I mean, he was a huge part of their offense, 30% uh, market share, almost 30% dominator, and nice receiving production. I mean, 
the thing with Deuce Vaughn is he's five foot five, 168 pounds. So unless you think he's the next Tariq Cohen or the one in a million, Darren Sproles, you know, not a very common um, player. Darren Sproles was just so special. I feel like we remember old Darren Sproles more than the prime one. But Deuce Vaughn, maybe he gets up to that level. He's been very productive. That's a good indicator of who's good and who's not. But I'm concerned. 168 pounds right now. Oof. All right. But Henry Parrish is another guy I want to touch on. And he's not talked about much um, just because he's kind of blocked right now. He's got Jerry on Ely, who's I like. I like Ely a good amount. He's, he's a bit undersized, but, and then Snoop Connor is there as well at Old Miss. So Parrish is five foot 10, 183 pounds. So he's another one of these smaller guys. I've seen online, he's 190 pounds, but I'm just skeptical. You just look at him and he looks lean. He looks thin for sure. But then you look at his recruiting status, he's a four-star recruit, and maybe he is like 190 pounds right now. He's had some nice flashes as a freshman. I mean, he could take over big time in 2022, assuming both Ely and Connor leave. And he makes really nice cuts, and then he combines that with solid burst and receiving upside. I actually like Parrish a decent amount, kind of as a sleeper. But another guy where he's it's a bit of a projection if he's going to actually gain the 15 pounds that he needs to be to be relevant. And then same goes for Daniel Ngata. Arizona State and it's another one who's blocked he's blocked by two backs so very similar to Henry Parrish but Ingata um, was a better recruit he was a third um, all-purpose back in the whole class last year that's impressive for sure it's a top, top 125 overall in the whole entire class so he played some towards the end of that shortened season and I mean he didn't really do anything too crazy Rashad White and Trainum kind of out overshadowed him so I mean I wish him good luck as far as getting into a nice role there maybe in 2022 he will um, and I can see a little Jerry on Ely play style there so there's some promise definitely with Ngata but he does seem blocked so he's going pretty late in most drafts I would imagine I don't even know if he's getting drafted in your average Debbie league so he's kind of a late round flyer you never know what these talented recruits they can break out on, out of nowhere so there's not a lot of buzz coming from spring camp about him that I've seen, but never know. And then another kind of smaller guy. I mean, this guy's a bit bigger currently, but it's Jalen Knighton. He's a Miami back and he's 5'9", 194. He gives me some Michael Carter vibes. So Knighton is, well, formerly very good recruit, number 10 running back recruiting the class. So definitely talented, just like his backfield mate Cheney. And yes, he flashes a true freshman. He's banged up towards the end of the season. So at Knighton, we didn't really get to see truly what he can do, but he showed some flashes out there. And he's not going to surprise you to hear that 190 pound guy is not very powerful, but he's not powerful. And he relies on his jukes. He's got this murky backfield, but I mean, we know that Cameron Harris is probably going to leave after this season. Kind of surprising he actually stayed. And who knows, maybe Cheney's shoulder will become an issue and, and Jalen Knighton will get a, a good shot as the lead back and show why he was a, a top 10 running back in the class. And another guy I just want to mention is, is Trey Bradford. 
he was an LSU guy. He just transferred this week or this last week. I don't know where he's going to go, but he's talented. Very solid recruit. And he's recruited by, you know, Ohio State and Florida, Texas, like all sorts of good schools. And he's six foot, 190 pounds. So the big thing with him is he flashes nice speed. And I actually struggle with, like, what's so different about him and Demarcus Bowman? I mean, I do think that Bowman's a, a notably better football player in general. But as far as, like, frame, speed-wise, all those things, like, recruited to a big school like LSU, I mean, Bradford's kind of matching Bowman one for one. And we haven't really seen much of either one. We've actually seen more from Bradford compared to uh, Bowman. But we don't know where Bradford will end up, hopefully somewhere where he can actually get some touches, some carries. So, and he actually can catch the ball fairly well too. So keep an eye out for where he ends up. I know the transfer portal may allow him to play this season. So that's, that's nice and promising. I will add Kayvon Lee as kind of the last guy of this tier. And I mean, I do like Lee. He's out of Penn State. He's a big back. As a recruit, apparently he was, I want to say 210 pounds, but then he's kind of ballooned up to like 230, which, I mean, that's that's really big. And he reminds me of, of a Benny Snell, James Conner type of guy. I mean, maybe more bursty than those guys. I hope he's more bursty than those guys. Uh, we know how Penn State really gets their athletes just, just jacked, absolutely explosive with their athletic training there. So, and strength training. So as far as Kevin Lee, I'm not going to talk too much about him because I just think he's your average back. I mean, saw enough power and size and kind of set up defenders to um, evade them, but he didn't really do that as much as a freshman compared to his high school tape. So I don't know. I Maybe he'll develop into the guy who gets a full-time role in 2022, depending on what happens with Noah Kane and Devin Ford and the other Penn State backs. So we shall see on Kayvon Lee. I will briefly touch on a couple other guys um, that I think are notable running backs in this class, just very deep and they could ascend, might be uh, very viable guys in the campus to Canton League, especially. But it would be Dwayne McBride, UAB. So he's 5'11, 220 pounds. And I mean, there's guys like Michael at Analytics and and Nate Marchese. I think that's how you say his name, CSF Nate. CFF Nate, sorry. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, they like him a decent amount. And he had some big games as a true freshman. I mean, really ripped off some big plays. And now he's going into a system that should feature backs like they featured Spencer Brown. So keep an eye on him. Cam Porter out of Northwestern. Got feature back size. He's, he's going to put up some stats this year, as he did last year. Um, he should be taking on huge workloads. So I can see him panning out and rising somewhat, but he, he's not special, in my opinion. Mayan Williams, Ohio State. I think he's a bit blocked, but maybe he gets some sort of a role here. Um, it seems like he has a, a nice combination of burst, agility, and power, but I, just, I mean, he might be Mike Davis-like, so hopefully he ends up whether it's transferring or maybe getting some time at Ohio State, hopefully he ends up with some time to show why he's so talented because he, he is a pretty thick kid, but he's got some athletic ability to him. So he could be a Mike Davis-like player. 
Manny Amani Bailey. Ooh, I'm not very familiar with him, but I mean, watch some of his film and he's intriguing. He seems to flash enough speed, enough burst and have some good vision out there. But I mean, I just don't think he's especially elusive, but Louisiana just puts out great statistically producing running back. So we've got to pay attention to Bailey out of Louisiana. Um, let's see, who do we got next here? Oh, Kamani Vidal, Troy, Tim Baldwin, Indiana, Marcus Cooper, Kent State, Rashad Clayton, Colorado, Savion Morrison, <clears throat> excuse me, Nebraska, and Kobe Pace, Clemson. I actually haven't heard much news the last couple of weeks out of um, Kobe Pace, but I mean, he could do some notable things in that Clemson backfield this year. So he could be a riser for sure. And I mean, I don't have a hot take on him, but he has feature back size. 215 pounds. And while I don't, I prefer some of the other backs, I prefer Lindsay Dixon. I prefer their incoming freshman, Will Shipley. Um, I do think that maybe Kobe Pace will do some things. He has a little bit of wiggle to him and spring performance made it seem like he might step in as the, the 1A there. I see him being like a Trey Sermon ultimately. So keep an eye on Kobe Pace out of Clemson. And as far as the other guys are listed there, nobody really sticks out too much. Um, you could add maybe a Tyrion Stewart, who's more of a C to C or a college fantasy football um, guy you should take note of, or Israel Benakenda, I believe is how you pronounce his name out of Pittsburgh. So those are some deeper guys that, that are notable in this 2023 class. And as always, there's more guys that'll probably emerge too, but hopefully we hit on all the top ones there. So Kind of a recap. I mean, we got the big dog. We got Bijan Robinson, and then we have Jameer Gibbs and Bigsby. But I actually like a guy like Zach Evans, maybe passing up one of those guys in the next two years, or perhaps a Jason McClellan, a Milton, a Marshawn Lloyd, um, potentially rising up into that um, top couple spots as well. So th there's good depth. There's maybe ten to twelve guys right now that are very promising, and we know that maybe five to seven of them will work out, but um, there's a good amount of depth to this 2023 class. Some of the guys from the 22 class will also um, not declare, so go into this 2023 class, and I think it'll be quite stacked. It probably deserves all the hype that it's getting, but as always, appreciate you y'all tuning in and, and listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, as always, at the Debbie Devotional Podcast, we, we appreciate that, and and hopefully I'll be joined by John and, and Shane's very soon. So we'll be able to break down the 2022 class in full. So, um, and then hopefully I'll be getting out the 2024 running back class fairly soon as well. So thanks again for tuning in. Y'all take care. Yeah.